life balance coach, and world champion ballroom dancer. And I believe that everyone has the power to create their very own life by design. The Recovering Perfectionist podcast was created with a mission to encourage a life of abundance by finding peace and acceptance in our own imperfections and developing healthy self-love through sustainable habits and manifestation. It's time to align with the universe for the full human experience and redefine what it really means to be successful. Uh It's too good, the secret is out and wow, Uh uh-huh. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Recovering Perfectionist podcast. And I am so excited for this episode. I've actually been wanting to do this for a very long time to get this uh, story recorded so that I can have it. And what better time to do it than on the 10 year anniversary? So, for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, um, as this episode is titled, uh, I became a world champion ballroom dancer at the age of 21. So, ballroom dancing is um, a family business, and I grew up in it, and my dad owned a dance studio, and then I started competing, and we ended up competing for a world title when I was about 21. So you do the math. If this is the 10-year anniversary, I'm now 31. (laughs) And um, yeah, so this year on March 20th will be 10 years since my dad and I officially, that's right, I danced with my dad, um, officially took the title of world champion, uh, the first ever father-daughter duo to take that title. So a lot of people have asked me, questions about that weekend, about how it happened, where it happened, all those things. So here we are. This is it. (laughs) So uh, let's see, where to begin? Okay, so I grew up in ballroom dancing um, as the family business. Now, I won't say I grew up in ballroom dancing because I was actually really, really shy and I did not want to dance. Uh, My dad was an Olympic ice skater in France, and then when we moved to the United States, um, because I was born in France, when we moved to the United States, um, he kept skating and then ended up transferring to just dancing on wood floor. (laughs) I say, like, just dancing, like, that's not hard enough. But, um, yeah, no, he traded in his ice skates for dance shoes, and then when I was about 10 years old, he opened up a dance studio in Kansas City. And we had that studio for about 15 years. So my brother and I basically grew up around dance, you know, with that kind of environment, um, going to see dad at work after school all the time, which was awesome. And I actually didn't want to dance at all. I would go to these events and all that stuff and my parents would work them and, and I didn't want to dance at all. I was really, really shy. I would like hide away in the office. And when I was about 16 is when I found my first love, which was West Coast Swing Dancing. And my dad says I started dancing because of boys, and I'm going to let him have that one because it's probably true. But yeah, so I started dancing about 15, 16 because of West Coast Swing, and it was amazing. Um, But just a little backstory also, like I have always been, this is the recovering perfectionist after all, so I've always been a type A, very organized, you know, um, 
teacher's pet, extra credit, that kind of person my whole life. So like when I was from kindergarten through high school, everything. So like I was the person that would scrapbook, you know, all of my events and everything was in order. I had binders and things created for my schoolwork. And West Coast Swing was the first time that I did something that was actually really messy. And what does that mean? Because for those of you who don't know what West Coast Swing is, it's a very organic flow of a dance that doesn't have a lot of rules or structure to it. And that's why people like it. It makes it more difficult to learn, but the reward at the end of it, once you understand it, is so amazing. And it's it's just free. And so like I could literally like fall on the floor and make it a move. Like it was the coolest thing ever. And I would watch a lot of my peers and people that were older than me um, doing this dance. And I was like, that looks so cool. I have to try this. So I decided to start dancing West Coast Swing and learning from, we had a swing team at our studio. So I would like, I was friends with a lot of them and I, they would teach me basics and then turns. And then I would just kind of like run and be creative. And that's really like a dance that allows creative people to thrive because the dance is always creating. It's really, really cool. So then essentially, um, yeah, it was like this messy action that was constantly being taken. It was the only thing in my life that was not um, structured and it was just fun and free and I didn't have to think and I felt very relaxed. Um, It was like meditation for me in the most fun way. It was awesome. And so then after that, I'm like thinking back now at all of these, like, I don't want to leave anything out, but then after that, um, when I graduated high school in 2008, I was 18 and my, I got into the top interior design school in the nation, which at the time was Kansas State University. And they were only accepting 50 applicants into their interior design architecture program. And it was uh, ranked number one and I was accepted. Um, That's all I wanted to do was be an interior designer. So it was really awesome. It was only two hours from my house, which was crazy considering it could have been anywhere in the United States. And I, before I left to go to college, because I was going to live on campus, um, my dad said, you have to compete with me in at least one competition before you go, um, just for fun, just to make me happy, just so we can say we did it. And I was like, oh, I gave him some pushback for sure. I was like, I don't want to compete. I was just having fun in West Coast Swing. Like, I learned some of the other styles as well, but I don't really want to, you know, jump into it. And he's like, please just do it for me. So finally, he convinced me. And we did the Heart of America Dance Sport Championships, which was, um, and still is, one of the biggest competitions in the Midwest. And it was a lot of fun, honestly. But I didn't look at it as competition. I was actually just ha- I was just having fun performing. Um, you know, you get to dress up, hair and makeup, like everything. I mean, that's where the perfectionist in me just really thrived because everything, not, not a hair was out of place. Sparkles, spray tans, the whole deal. Um, And so we did that. We did really well. We had some fun. And that was the beginning of it all because for my dad, I was like, oh, well, she's actually really good at this and she can continue and it could be great. And so he lined up another competition and it just kind of went from there. Um, I did end up going away to college uh, for a year, but I came back because I missed dancing. So then in 2000. Uh, 11 was when we ended up doing the world championships and my dad had already won 
this title the previous year with someone else. And he was convinced that if he could do it with her, he could do it with me. So I was like, okay, I don't know what that means, but no pressure there. So we ended up um, deciding that we were going to do this. So we trained for like, I would say probably like maybe a little under a year. Because once he had won, he was like gung-ho about doing it the following year. So I would say probably a little under a year. We were training severely for this um, for this world championship. It was in Bermuda, which was amazing. I would say that is truly what made this experience like you one of a kind for sure. And it was the first time I'd ever gone to an island, and the first time I, um, yeah, there was a lot of firsts there for sure. So we trained and trained and trained. And so let me tell you leading up to it, how the training went. So also growing up, I'm a daddy's girl. My dad is my best friend. And he was my coach at that time, obviously. And so he's my coach. He was my dance partner. We were competing together. It was crazy. And it was exhausting. Like he is a really, really tough coach. He gets results, but it's not fun. Like if you you know, this is my podcast. I can cuss. If you, if you fuck up, like (laughs) that's it. Like you, you have to just move through it. And so because I wasn't into the competing side of it and I really just wanted to have fun and perform and I wasn't trying to do this world title thing. It was more, my dad wanted to do it. I was not happy. I was like, not in a good way. So I'm not going to like lie and say that, Oh my God, it was great experience. And we won. It was awesome. Like that's not real life. And it definitely wasn't like the six months, I would say the last six months leading up to the competition was probably like some of the worst six months of my life, uh, in regards to just not being happy, being stressed out, overwhelmed, trying to get all this information, trying to be perfect, never feeling perfect enough, never feeling good enough. Um, and it just, it was terrible. So then like our last, um, our last practice before we were leaving, I think the next morning I got my spray tan done, all this stuff. We were doing a rehearsal and one of our coaches kind of looked at me and was like, listen, I know this has not been a fun time for you, but you're ready. And everything that you've done up to this point has prepared you. And that's it. You have to trust that you're ready. So when you land on the Island, he's like, you need to just enjoy yourself and just have a great time. And don't, don't stress. Don't think about the moves. Don't think about anything. Like, just trust your muscle memory and just do it. And that was literally the best advice I could have gotten because that's exactly what I did. And that's what made the experience so memorable. Um, Because I will never forget the six months leading up to it. It was just terrible. Um, But I will say that the actual three days, four days that we were there on the island and winning and all of that. Like it couldn't have been a better trip. It couldn't have been a better outcome. And it was like a life-changing experience. So I'm so glad that it went that way because it's like, just goes to show that even if something's really hard and sucks and it's overwhelming, um, you know, if you really put the work in, you have to just trust in yourself and know that once you do it, that you've done enough to get to that point. And that's exactly what we did. And we did enough and we won. So Spoiler alert, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, so we, we fly out there, we get to the island, um, we land at the airport, and then we're going to the hotel. The airport's on one end of the island, the hotel's on the other end, 
and it's like 20 miles. So the entire island of Bermuda is like 20 miles long. And we literally drove the entire island the minute we landed. Uh, it was really, really cool, actually. And all of the houses um, were all different colors. They were like purple, blue, it was like Easter colors, like pastels, oranges, yellows. It was just absolutely beautiful. Um, the water was so blue. The beaches were gorgeous. The sand was all different colors. Um, the first night we went, we had like a welcome reception dinner. We checked into our hotel and then we like overlooked the ocean. It was just absolutely gorgeous. Like I, once I got there, like all the stress went away, honestly, it was just phenomenal. And then we get to the, let's see, let me think about the order of how this went. We get to, so the next day, I think we spent like a whole day on the beach. We had a good time. We took a bunch of pictures. Um, also those are probably still in an album on my Facebook if you guys want to go like Facebook stock, but, um, yeah, all the, the island pictures and all the fun stuff, like that was so fun. Um, and then we went and did, so we had two competitions. We were not going to go all the way over there and compete just in one style. So we competed in two different styles. And for those of you who don't understand the ballroom dance systems, we have rhythm styles and smooth styles. So your and each one has a group of dances in it. So your rhythm is going to be five dances, which is cha-cha, rumba, swing, bolero, and mambo. And your smooth is going to be waltz, tango, foxtrot, beanies, waltz. Um, and if you don't know what those are, you can pop on YouTube and type in Dancing with the Stars, any of those dances, and you'll see all kinds of fun stuff. But we dance, we did a choreography, uh, a choreographed routine to each of those dances for about like a minute and a half. Well, not even that. No, I would say it was probably like more like two, two and a half minutes. Um, so we had our routine for each dance already done, ready to go. And the first night was the smooth. So that was also, just so you know, background for me, my style was rhythm. I'm like the fast dances, the fun, the mambos, the cha-chas, like the Latin, the sassy dances. And the smooth dances we did just because we wanted to give ourselves an extra shot at winning a world title in case we didn't win the rhythm. But it wasn't my favorite. Like, I didn't love the dresses. I didn't love the shoes. Like, I loved everything in the rhythm. Um, so I wasn't already kind of, like, gung-ho about it. But I knew it was important. And I actually did find a love for it once I started, like, later on when I started, like, really teaching and coaching. I found a love for all the smooth styles. So now I love them all. But at that time, I was much more rhythm girl. So we did the smooth the first night. I think it was like Thursday or Friday or something. And it was okay. But, you know, I mean, it's hard. Like, I think for me, smooth is much harder because you have to move across the floor. You have to travel. You have to be balanced. Like, it's way harder. And I think it's also easier to judge a mistake in that dance versus rhythm. I could just shake it off, literally. Thank you, Taylor Swift. <laughs> um, but we we got second in smooth. Like that was crazy. So, and I think in, in the event, there was probably like, I want to say there was like 12 or 15 people in the semifinal. So it got down to a final and we were second. So it was great. Like it was, I was happy with it. Um, but my dad was stressed because he was like, oh, now we have to win the rhythm. Otherwise we don't become world champions. And I was like, yeah, okay. You know, like I was just kind of like, I was so like in a good mood. I was like, this is it. Like, this is the end of the journey. We've done it. 
like we're about to do this. It's going to be great. And I was chilling. I was like island life. Um, so then that we get to go to sleep, we wake up, breakfast, you know, have the whole thing. And then that next night we do the rhythm. And my dad was dancing with uh, another student at that event as well. So he had to do some events with her before he did the events with me in the evening. And he ended up, so I was like supporting them and making sure, you know, they were all having, they had, you know, support because then she would come support us. And it didn't go great. Like I would say like the choreography for them was a little difficult for her and it just kind of like the musicality and the timing was a little off and it just, it, it was kind of, kind of crazy. So my dad gets off the floor and I was like, he's like, how did it look? And I was like, I mean, it was fine. You know, like I didn't want to make him feel bad, but I was like, yeah, I mean, it wasn't great. And he's like, I like couldn't hear the music. And then like, I couldn't keep her on the beat. Like it was so, I mean, anyway, the whole thing was just rough. So he was like shaken up by that. Cause I was thinking, oh my gosh, this is no big deal. Like now we have to do ours. It'll be great. I was already dressed and ready to go. And I was ready to go on the floor in like 30 minutes. And he was all shaken up and I was like, completely floored. I was like, what is happening right now? And so we're about to go on and he like looks at me and he's like, Christine, I don't even know how to start. Like our first dance is cha-cha. And he's like, I don't even know what to do. Like, I don't even know what our first dance is and what beat we're supposed to be on. I'm like, what are you talking about? I thought he was like pulling my leg. Like my dad jokes with me all the time. And I was like, okay, yeah, very funny. And He's like, no, seriously. He's like, I just came from this one before and I just feel like crazy and I just don't know what's going on. And I was like, are you serious right now? And he's like, yeah. Mind you, my dad and I have this relationship where we would like go salsa dancing back home in Kansas City like every week. We would just chill, have a good time. You know what I mean? Like we dance together all the time. So like if if we mess up, like we can cover it because we freestyle constantly. So we know each other's styles so well that no one will really know that we made a mistake because we just, we know how to cover it. And I was like, okay, what is going on? Also, this was a very interesting turning point because for the last six months, he was beating down on me for musicality, for technique, for all this stuff that I wasn't doing right. And now all of a sudden he was like completely lost. And I was like, huh, how the tables have turned. So, so anyway, but in true team form, I was like, don't worry. I was like, we'll start off on the two. It'll be fine. And then you'll just, your muscle memory will kick in. You won't even know. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. Um, we started, we kind of looked at each other. We started on the two. We did our little rock step. We went into our cha-cha locks and then it was like nothing could stop us. It was crazy. So we did our cha-cha, rumba, swing, bolero, and then the mambo, which for those of you who don't know, mambo's salsa on two. So you start on two, salsa's on one. Um, but for if you've seen salsa, it's very similar. And we never do, because we would go salsa dancing every, every week um, back home, we never did our mambo choreography the same way twice because we would get caught up in salsa moves and then we would do stuff. And it's so easy to freestyle on that dance. And so I never knew how he was going to finish the mambo. So that was just like honestly, just go with the flow, enjoy the ride and just be a follow. And that's the girl's job in ballroom dancing is to be a really great follow. So that's what I did. Uh, and it was really kind of fun because you, you know, it was like every time you just never knew 
how it was going to end. So we started our mambo choreography side by side the same. And we kind of did this fun stuff and all of this like pre-done choreography. And then after that, we just go into like freestyle stuff, which is really fun. So the five dances felt great. Um, I was all kinds of flirting with the judges and having a good time. And like I said, performance was kind of my thing. Um, I wasn't even thinking I was in a competition. It didn't feel like a competition for me. It was just fun. And I honestly believe that that confidence um, is what allowed us to win is because I wasn't stressed about the perfection, the technique, all of this stuff. Like I was just having the best time. Um, and, and that's honestly like the, the message of that day and that win is in trying to be perfect all the time, especially in the six months leading up to and everything, once it got down to like, you know, the make or break point, we were completely not perfect. Like I can tell you so many times where we messed up, um, and either the judges weren't looking at us or they were so into our performance and our chemistry between father daughter, having a fun time, or just looking at us just like, if you don't show it on your upper body, your lower body, they're not even going to pay attention to most of the time. Um, so yeah, so we were just having a great time and we were like literally perfectly imperfect and we won and it was amazing. So once they called our name, um, well, they called second, you know, once they call second, you know, it's you if you're still standing. And it was crazy. Like my dad was went crazy. Like we hugged. It was so exciting. Um, the coolest part too was that it was an international competition. So we had the um, choice to compete for the United States or for France. Um, because we have both citizenships. And so we decided to compete for France because there was already a couple competing for the United States. Actually, I think there were two couples competing for the United States. And I thought, you know what, let's make it fun. Like there's no French representation here. And that's like where we were both born. And it's an international event in an inter in another country. Like, let's just go for it. So, so that was cool. So it was a really cool picture. Um, that we always post every year that of us in front of the French flag. And then we got to do the lineup and it was just great. Like we got these beautiful medals, um, that I then put in like a shadow box. And I've told my fiance and so many people, like if my house were to catch on fire, that's the only thing I would grab, like just the shadow box with my medals in it. Um, so I have my gold one from the rhythm and I have the silver one from the smooth. Uh, and they're next to each other with the date and all this cute stuff I did. Because remember, I was a scrapbooker type A. <laughs> and yeah, it was just awesome. And so yeah, so to sum it up, um, I will say also like my dad, when he told me, like, you'll be you'll forever be able to say that you are a world champion, like no one will ever be able to take that away from you. And when you're 21, you know, and he said that too, he's like, you're Right now, you're probably like, yeah, 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 whatever. Like, it doesn't mean anything. But 10 years later, like, telling people that and being able to say that and now that I'm a life coach that uses all these habits and systems and routine, daily routines that I learned from competing at such a high level and basically, like, living in a studio and working my butt off for hours and hours on end, blood, sweat, and tears – to do something like this, um, it like it's amazing to say that this was something that I 
was able to accomplish and was able to create um, also to do it with my dad like most people only get to dance with their dads on their wedding day and I got to do it every day um it was stressful at the beginning like I said but um but no I mean it was really really awesome to be able to do something like that it was definitely a life-changing experience and like I said the island life was uh was not bad either it was uh an amazing experience and what the ballroom dance industry really taught me was how to be disciplined and you can't really accomplish anything at a high level in any competitive field if you don't have certain systems and habits in place to keep yourself hyper-focused and to be consistent. Like consistency is key and they say that but that cliche is so true. So yeah, we, um, we were consistent. We were there. We were dynamic. We were exciting to watch. Um, we were a father-daughter team, which definitely gave us some extra pizzazz. And we worked hard and we were on point. We showed up, you know, and we had all of our outfits matched and we were ready to go. And I think that relates to life so beautifully because like, how do you show up in the world? I say this all the time when I'm talking to my clients and how they want to be perceived. And I'm like, well, how are you showing up in the world every single day? Like, what's your self-talk? What's your, what's your talk to other people? Like, what are you saying? What are you saying subconsciously that you don't even realize that you're saying? Um, and yeah, I think that is definitely something that dance taught me. Uh, how to control and how to be more self-aware of those things. When I fall into some bad habits, when I do something that doesn't feel right, um, I definitely know my body better than most people, but most athletes are that way. Um, so like during this whole COVID time or just in staying healthy around like flu seasons and stuff like that, like athletes usually thrive in that time because they really know like when they start to get run down um, they take extra supplements, they take care of themselves, like sleep is really, really a priority. Um, cause let's face it, you just can't, just like they say in singing, like you can't sing a note if you don't have air and you don't breathe, you can't dance if you don't have energy. Like you just can't output if you don't, if you didn't input correctly with good sleep, um, or food for that matter. Um, good breakfast, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, so I think just to kind of sum it up, uh, I mean, if you guys have any questions, um, I don't really know what some people want to hear. I was just trying to tell like the story just to kind of put all the details in I could remember from that day uh, and from that weekend because I didn't really want to, um, I didn't want to forget anything and I didn't want to not have this, you know, 20 years from now, 30 years from now. Um, I definitely want to make sure I remember as many details as I can. But if you guys have any other questions about ballroom dancing or habits, disciplines, um, or just anything in general about that weekend and our title, like feel free to leave them in the comments. Um, you can catch us on Instagram, any of that stuff. Like I'm all over the place. So I hope you guys enjoyed this story and this episode, and uh, we will be back next week. We have a guest next week, so stay tuned for that, and hope you enjoy. Have a great weekend. Mm -hmm.
Thank you so much for listening to the Recovering Perfectionist podcast. I'm Christine, and if this episode resonated with you or spoke to you in any way, please feel free to share. I absolutely love hearing from you guys and your thoughts about the topics based on your experiences. And also, if there's anything you want me to talk about, just screenshot this episode and share it on social media with your comments. Your feedback really helps me to curate episodes that best serve you. If you have time, I would greatly appreciate if you could leave a review wherever you're listening to this episode, whether on Apple or Spotify or any other platform. I'm wishing you a blessed week ahead. And remember, perfection doesn't exist. Take messy action. Healthy habits keep us balanced and you are enough.